0: What's up, heavy hitters? Happy Friday. Before we get started, a quick shout-out to my boy, Rahul Bolmick. He's a striking instructor at Bronx Martial Arts Academy. He hooked me up with this dope apparel from Fight Culture out of the Bronx, New York. We're going live from New York City. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before we start today, I'm going to give you the message of the week. And this is actually something I heard my guest say from a previous interview, and it is, death is always knocking at the door of a startup. It just depends on whether the entrepreneur wants to open the door or not, and I don't feel like answering the door right now. With that, I would like to introduce my guest today. He is the founder and CEO of Bachwa. He made an award-winning wrestling helmet, but that's just a small fraction of what this guy has done. I'd like to welcome to the show Mario Mercado. Mario, how are you doing today?
1: What's up, Jeremiah? How's everything with you?
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Do you have video, or we just get to see your logo the whole time?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I put you on video, but you you got to but you, you got to scroll up. No,
0: I don't know. I don't see it. Maybe Sam sees it, and uh, I'm working on my <gasps> phone. There I'm we. T- go. There he is. What's happening?
1: Not too much. But but well, well, let me ask you because oh well, actually, let me do it this way, if you don't mind, because I was doing it for my phone because the audio and the computer was was acting up a bit. Yeah,
0: but Sam I, says you're good, so don't worry about it.
1: Okay, so you guys you can see? Yeah, uh, wow.
0: yeah, I, the people can see, and I can see you on Facebook, so you're there. It's all good. Okay, there we go. Awesome, awesome. It's always like a learning experience, trying to figure this Zoom stuff out from time to time. It's a trip, but uh, it's all good. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing okay. You know, it's a Friday.
0: It's a Friday. It's a, it's a four- Friday. It's before we dig in, I want to I want to talk about that message because I heard I heard that on uh uh I, I, it was an interview you did I guess a couple of years ago just a really profound statement. I heard something else. I think it was I want to say it was Simon Sinek, but I'm not sure. And he was talking about um you know the uh the turnover rate of especially small business or just business in general. And he said most business fatalities are the result of suicide, not homicide, meaning wow. that. Most of them, it, it's a matter of of giving up, you know, and 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 jumping off the jumping off the bridge, and, and not talking themselves back on up, back off, as opposed to like market forces or capital, you know, a bunch of the a bunch of the things that people say, like, oh, we didn't work out because of this, or we didn't work out because of that. It's actually just your internal dialogue. Um, and when I heard that quote from you, it was just like, man, that is it. That just embodies it so freaking hard. What uh? Well, what...
1: well, you know, if if I didn't wrestle, right, I quote, could could have never jumped out of me because, you know, as a wrestler, we have to make weight, and um, you know, there were times where I could go like a day, two days, three days without eating, except you know a bagel. <laughs> so so the the sacrifice that I had from wrestling. And just transfer over to me uh, becoming, you know, uh, 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 starting up my own, my own company. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have to, when you have to starve, when you have to willingly starve yourself to achieve a goal, I mean, it's like, it's one of the, it's like one of the most basic things in life you need, you know, you need in life, air and food. So if you can willingly deprive yourself of something in order to achieve a greater goal, well, then you've already conditioned your mind to deal with anything else that you have that comes up um, within your life.
0: Yeah, 100. percent I would say I've been training jujitsu now for uh, for five years straight and pretty much daily. Um, do you know? Um, do you know uh, Stuart Carroll? He's a Hendo black belt. Of course. Yeah, I probably. So, I
1: probably coached him some wrestling.
0: I, I I <laughs> hey, There's a chance. I think you guys run in the yeah. same circles. Uh, that's who I've trained under since the beginning, uh, here in Brooklyn at his, his school son dojo. And, you know, I started opening businesses, a lot of them right around the same time. I think I opened, I started training in 2015 and I opened four brick and mortar businesses that year and it was yeah. just insane. And he was Wait, like, in one, in, one, in one year, in one year, four brick and mortars in one year. And I've done, I've done more, but in one year I opened, I opened is, a coffee is
1: that, shop. Is that where but, all the greatness came from? Say again? Is that where all the gray hairs came from?
0: <laughs> no, I have three kids. That's where the gray hairs came from. <laughs> I think it was, all of it. it was all of it. I tell you what, if I didn't have jiu-jitsu, it would be more. But, yes. you know, the interesting part about that that whole journey was, uh, you know, he was like, you should come train. I was athletic. You know, I was already doing, a, like, working out in the park and gymnastics and, and, and running and swimming and stuff. He was like, you should come check it out. Come check it out. He opened his school just a few doors down from my restaurant. So mm-hmm. I finally went in, and, and you know, the workout was great. I love grappling and all that and like you said being under that kind of pressure but it was really the messages that you got and those sacrifices you have to make to, to, you know if you want to get you want to get you know promoted if you want to get better all of it um and it got to the point where i was just in there some days i would be in this yeah. school for six hours a day just
1: training because well, yeah well with well, that it's like and especially in jujitsu because you could be put in a guillotine or, or some, or, or, you know, or some other sort of submission. And it's that it's right there. It's a fine line between giving up to tapping out because you think that you're going to break a bone or that you're going to get choked out mm-hmm. or you just flip it. And say, you know what, I still have enough left to get out to where I'm not going to tap out. <laughs> right. And, Safely. And from there, yeah. 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 But then you condition your mind mm-hmm. to be, to be comfortable In an uncomfortable situation
0: and and that's one of the the recurring themes was get comfortable being uncomfortable he says that you know professor carroll says that all the time and and all this stuff started to seep into my brain because it was crazy opening four businesses in a year and like the aftermath of that you know it wasn't it was just bananas and Mm -hmm. and then we had you know the current situation setting in and it's what survived me and it was like you said what you were talking about uh you know going through all that training through wrestling you know i never never competed or anything like that. It was just, it was like me, it was me versus me. You know, it was right, it was right. me versus my own ego and and versus uh that that uh that want that that tendency to give up. You know, we used to mm-hmm. I taught a bunch of kids classes and he and his wife uh you know they have a great kids program there and and I worked closely with her with the kids and she would always say to the kids, what does it take to develop a non-quitting attitude? You have to want to quit. You have to you yeah. have to face that, you know, and, and daily, you know, having all those, all the craziness that comes along with running so many businesses wanting so many times just to be like, you know, it'd be so much easier just to can all this, <laughs> but not doing it. And I'm really, I'm really pleased that I didn't in this time because especially my restaurant as, as, become like a community center right, as right. well as as a sustainable restaurant in this whole thing but it wasn't because of me and my my smarts you know um, and my inherent resilience it was definitely through training yeah. martial well, arts and well, getting what well,
1: you, well, you have a lot of people you know because i've also coached a lot of athletes um mm-hmm. at, at all levels from kids to olympic and you know i've, I've competed at a high level myself right and it was interesting because i was watching the um the michael jordan uh documentary mm-hmm. no, the last dance um a few yep. weeks ago and as as i was watching it um i was thinking about you know me coaching and me competing and the takeaway that i got is that and then of course you know relating it to to me starting um uh, my companies is that a lot of people are afraid to succeed um they're afraid yep. of success because they're not sure about the because they can't control the outcome if they don't. Mm-hmm. And because it's not, success is not guaranteed. They're not ready to deal with the pain of failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you're not ready to deal with that pain of failing, because it seems to, it's intuitive. It seems that it is a negative feeling. It's like, okay, if I can't control that, if I can't control the outcome, um, where failure is an option, and I'm and I'm right there, but but I don't know if I'm right there to become successful or if I'm right there to to fail. Well, then you know what? I'll just I'll just say I'm done.
0: Right, right. And that's the beauty of training, especially grappling, because you can go full steam for the most part. You can you can get that real look. And I can yeah. remember you mentioned it earlier. You know, being in a guillotine or. Or like, uh, you know, somebody's got your back and they've got you in the sleeper hold. And those first few times it happened, the panic that set in, even though it was like my friend and my neighbor, yes. like I knew the guy yeah. doing it to me. It's this, I think it's this instinctive thing in the human psyche that, that it signifies death, even though, you know, you're cool and you're going to walk away. Well, those first few times it happens, you're just like, I would die. I, I don't know how to defend this. And it's just like, it's so demoralizing at first. Yeah. yeah.
1: But then, I mean, but then
0: it, yeah. go, go ahead.
1: No, but it's the same as uh, as why people drown. It's not because they can't swim, right? It's, it's because they haven't relaxed their mind enough to mm-hmm. just control the situation and be present in the situation that they're in, yeah. without thinking of the outcome of, you know, a shark may come and get me, or <laughs> so, you know, seriously, like yeah. you know, yeah. you just you just your 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 mind freezes and you panic mm-hmm. because you're not present of controlling the moment.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about. That was the thing that captivated, me, that captivated me the most about training was just yeah. daily getting to practice that, to sharpen that sword. And then I yeah. saw it translate into business so many times. And like I said, like lately, it's, it's totally survived me. And I definitely would have quit or burned my place down. I mean, you know, you know, Bobby yeah. Seeger. Uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> Bobby Seeger is like, you just tell me when you want me to bring did... the gas over.
1: <laughs> and he says it in that monotone voice. He doesn't get excited.
0: No. Like, I, I get the feeling he's done it before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and being around somebody like him, too, and seeing, yeah. you know, the impact of jiu-jitsu on, yeah. on somebody like him and, and just somebody that's, like, constantly just seeking to, to do better and feel better uh, yeah. after all the shit that he's been through like that, it's it's you you make those connections in there you, you find those people and the people that you know that don't do it that don't you know that want to whine they just go away you don't like especially once yeah. you get to like purple belt and the ball like it exactly. just goes away those are the those are the people that have the real resilience and uh exactly you build your community and then you feed off of each other and through this i mean we you know we've continued to train in in small groups yeah. uh just in clandestine places <laughs> you know? exactly and and it was like the people His name
1: shall not be mentioned.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> no addresses. Um but uh you know, it just, it was like the, the band of brothers, you know, people, yeah. and they were sisters too, of course. Um, but, but you got to really see who your, who your people were and, and, and the same thing happens when you start a business, right? Like yeah, you get to yeah. really see who your friends are because shit comes unraveled real quick. In that interview it's that I was watching, not, uh, you were talking about not eating, <laughs> not making any money. You, and it's just you like, you don't
1: understand, you know, So I'm from New York. Okay. So, uh, Wow. So I'm from New York and you know, I grew up here and and, and having started um, uh, Batois, wow, you know, and then having to go through those trials and tribulations, it gets lonely. You know, you, you think yeah. it gets lonely, you know, not having to, you know, n- n- uh, not being with someone. But imagine being lonely to where, you know, New York is all about, especially Manhattan, it's all, you know, you have the tall buildings. And I think everyone is trying to get to the penthouse and there's, mm-hmm. only, there's only a few. So you have to walk, you have to step on someone in order to get to the penthouse, whether, whether it's legitimate or not, but someone has to get walked over in order for you to get to the top. So when you're starting out in your business here in New York, you're at the bottom um, of the totem pole and um, you, but yet, you're, yet you're, you're surrounded, of course, pre-COVID, but you're surrounded you know, by everyone having a good time and going out, restaurants mm-hmm. and parties and bars and everything else. And you have to make uh, a choice. Am I going to sacrifice going out because I have to conserve that money for the business? Uh, am I going to go to you know, a great restaurant in the West Village, or am I just going to go and grab a couple of burgers at, you know, at McDonald's or maybe... Or like, get,
0: mammo- get some mamoons and go home.
1: <laughs> yes, mamoons is the best, right? It or, is. Or, or, or get a couple of uh, burrito bowls from Chipotle and yep. save half for one day and then half... <laughs> I know. Mix that connect. shit with
0: some eggs the next morning.
1: <laughs> exactly. But these are choices that you have to make because yep. you have a greater goal, you know? um You know, a friend of mine, an intern asked me, um, a couple of days ago, it might have even been yesterday, as a matter of fact, you know, he goes, wouldn't it have been just easier to work for a larger company? And mm-hmm. I said, dude, every large company started out as a small seed, one seed. And that one seed was one person. And when the tree grows it has many seeds, but it started out as one. So, of course, it's easy. But, you know, but, but you just and I told him you don't magically have. A, a, a company that employs thousands of people or even hundreds of people start up with one so it was you know it's a bit lonely starting a business here especially here in New York because uh, you know everyone is trying to get to the promised land or you're, you're trying to do something and, and what's the word that, that, that's used it's called which I I, I, hate, I hate the term but they call it um um what's your uh, a hustle I I actually hate that word the term but yeah. everyone has a hustle here in New York right but you know, so if the, and it's hard to get someone who is aligned with you for that vision for the long term. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you can correlate that to like going into a relationship. Yeah, you know, you find a relationship with someone, but they're going to be with you for a short amount of time. In New York, unfortunately, it's this way just because you have so many different options.
0: Right.
2: That
1: um, when they get bored, they go into something else. And, and And here in business as well, you know, they'll get, they'll hang with you until, Things get a little tough, and then things get a little tough. They may go on to something else because it's easier for them. So with that longevity, that, that that's really hard to come by with the, with the business partner or even in, in any sort of relationship, I think, in New York. Mm-hmm. People always say well, why it's so hard to date in New York. It's because people think it's easier to move on to something else because you have so many options. So many options.
0: Cool. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. Everybody hang tight. We'll talk to you in a minute. All right, folks, we're back. If you're just tuning in, the Entrepreneurial Web, I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. My guest today, Mario Mercado. He is the founder and CEO of Batois, which, well, I'll let you explain. Mario, tell us about your company and and this phenomenal story of how it all came together. It's pretty impressive.
1: So Batois um, is actually a a well-known saying from Napoleon Bonaparte, and um, the the, the famous uh, French uh, general. Mm-hmm. And uh, it means uh to fight to overcome uh, any obstacle um, that can be both figurative and literal and that's really great because you know everyone has has an obstacle that they that they want to overcome, and I thought that was really representative um, of uh of the company and The concept of a batois came uh, as a research project at n y u where I first went to grad school, and um I had to do this for a thesis. I had to find a project for a thesis and the helmet came about for wrestling because in wrestling we have a headgear but we actually have more concussions in wrestling than, um, than any other sport even football people don't realize that because in really? football yeah so in football the plays happen in seconds in wrestling it's in minutes so you have a six minute match so you constantly mm-hmm. have to be engaged in football not every single player is involved in the in a play or even at the same level of right play in wrestling it's two people. So you, you got to constantly butt heads and you got to take your guy, you got to force the guy on the mat. Um, so that's either, so we have, you know, as you know, you know, we have thousands of techniques, which, which physically, you know, wow, you get slammed uh, on the mat. Right? right. So we got, so the concept of the, of the headgear came from there to do this for a project. And uh, we did it um, at the engineering school. We won uh, an NYU technology competition. And then I transferred over to Columbia and then we brought it over there. And I was able to use some professors from both NYU and Columbia to to join the team and to uh, and to get it to where we wanted to have something really functional um, for uh, for the company. But it was crazy because um, a friend of mine, Richard Walker, who is the senior, uh, he's the product um, designer for Maui Gym, which makes all the really cool uh, eyewear uh, mm-hmm. based in California. So um, he actually did the um, the eyewear for the Matrix films and for Charlie's Angels. Nice. So I had a really cool aesthetic in a minute to make it cool and sexy. Right. Uh, And um, we we were working on it together, but then he had to leave because Maui Jim wanted him um, fully there. So anyway, we, we, uh, we had the, uh, the helmet first made it in in Italy. We, um, which is really nice. And then we brought it here in the U S and it was going on for a while, um, like the first uh, three months, but then the high school federation they stopped it and they said, This is not legal, this is going to make wrestling more aggressive. I said, What are you guys crazy? How can to make it more aggressive? Wrestling is an aggressive sport. I said, You penalize us for not, for not being aggressive. It's called stalling. You know? I don't understand. But I realized that, that, that there was some politics being played by, by, by some of the other uh, companies, the, the legacy companies that were involved in the sport. Yeah. So we had to lawyer up. We had to go to the, uh, to, the, um, to the high school federation, which is based in Indianapolis. And it took like six months. But during this time, I had to return money back to um, our uh, customers. I had people angry with me. The company almost went bankrupt the, the concept was great but the, but the politics all just almost killed us mm-hmm. so we had to return money back and it was a big big mess and the federation put on the website and sent it out to all of the national associations that the mercado uh, named after me that the, the helmet mm-hmm. was illegal so you can imagine you know the frustration and the, the craziness uh that i was going through
0: yeah i mean it's um, hard enough to start a business then you that on top of it. Yes, same. Yeah, man.
1: right. So one of the lawyers, who uh, one of the students, who I coach at, at, at Henzo's, um, he's a he's a great lawyer. He says, you know what, we're going to get this done for you because nice. we believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a Zoom call um, with the federation, and then had our researchers from uh, from from Columbia actually write on our behalf. To get this, you know, to, to get this legal, and the, and the crazy thing is that I so I, during this time I was also the the deputy commissioner to the New York State Athletic Commission. Right. So, so I knew firsthand um, what, what exactly um, what was happening to to athletes in MMA and in wrestling, uh, and of course boxing um, and, and head injuries. So it, it boggled my mind as to why these guys would not allow this to happen. But anyway. Um, they changed their mind. We, we met certain criteria that, that they asked for to get this legal and, and, and it happened. And that's where it jump started. So, uh, we were full boat getting the helmet out there. We had some of the best wrestlers in the country buying the headgear, not for free, but buying the headgear mm-hmm. and they were, they were our brand ambassadors. They were our stakeholders. We have incredible letters and notes, um, from, from, from kids who thankful, you know, who are really thankful for us. Um, for providing um, this sort of protection, and we didn't realize like how many head injuries, how often it, it happened. So what happens is, you know, wrestling has a mat, but then the mat has no border or perimeter around it to protect you from going out of bounds. Yeah. So, bow, you get smacked. So a kid, a guy's getting double leg out of bounds. A kid is trying to protect himself from getting double legged But then his head or her head gets smacked on on, on out of bounds. But then also we didn't realize how many kids are actually who wrestle um, on the younger, on the youth level are autistic. Mm -hmm. So they're on the spectrum to where their head has a very high sensitivity of being touched. And our headgear actually allowed them to cover their head to dampen the, the sensation of being touched, allowing them to wrestle. So That's we were doing, yeah. So we, we, I didn't know this. So parents called, emailed, um, and every which way, you know, contacted us to say thank you and to tell us their story as to why our headgear allowed their son or their daughter to be able to compete. And and there were times to where, when I was like really like dying for this company, that I would read these letters, and I have two of them on my desk that I would read them, and, and that was really gratifying. So I'll tell you a quick story here. The, the interview that you saw was on Forbes, okay? Right. So, okay, so I'll tell you how that happened. An intern and I, we were driving to Indiana, uh, to uh, Indianapolis to go showcase the headgear at the, at the NCAA Nationals. We didn't have any credentials to get inside, But we knew that all the wrestlers and referees there from previous times uh, that that I've competed and been out there myself as a fan love New York City pizza. So we rented a car and we went and bought um, uh, 10 pies at the pizza joint that's on the backside of Madison Square Garden on 30th and 8th Avenue. Mm -hmm. So we loaded up the car. A pizza supreme. So so we loaded up the car, drove out there, and I said, "Ray, don't touch a pizza." And and the fume, right? So it, it, so it was like in March. It's cold, and we had the windows rolled up. So the pizza, the fumes are just permeating Killing the you. entire car, right? So like, come on, man. I like, no, don't touch. So we get there. We have the truck loaded up with with, with the screens and and, and, helmets and everything. So we get there. So we needed we needed the uh, the pizzas to bribe our way in. So we could set up the helmets, and so we could go inside in, in, in the tournament. So that worked. So on the way back, and now Ray is drunk. He's, you know, he went out the night before, so I'm having to drive the car. <laughs> so we're driving back, and he gets an email on, on our info, uh, on our info uh, uh, email page and, um, mm-hmm. from, from a producer at Forbes who wants to do a story on, on Batois. And, and we're happy, right? It's like, yes. So, so I said, Ray, reply back and ask him when he wants to do it. So he wanted to do it on the next Tuesday, the following Tuesday, because we were driving back at sun- uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So he goes, Tuesday morning. It's so like, wow, shit, we got to do it Tuesday morning. So we get back. So we we were not working out of our office at the time. We was working out of my apartment because things were just really screwed up because of this whole issue with the high school federation. Yeah. So we get there. And they want to interview me at my apartment. But then I get to my apartment and I'm getting kicked out because you, the money. You think evicted? Yes. Because the money I had to use for my rent, I used it to get the patent for the helmet, mm-hmm. which was like $60,000 for utility uh, design for both the U.S. and international. Oh, it was horrible, right? 60 grand uh, it was, it was, it was a total. Yeah, that's rough. So I had to say, okay, fine. I can't. I gotta be late with the rent, but since I couldn't pay, so I was juggling stuff. But the Tuesday, it's coming for the uh, for the interview. My my uh, my um, super Victor. He goes, listen, you're getting kicked out today. And I go, Victor, I can't. I get Forbes coming to do, do an interview. I go, what can you do? He goes, he goes, listen. Um, we'll go upstairs, and, th- and there's there's a, a, an apartment that's empty. We'll give it to you. But you have to go through the back way because the camera's going to see that if I th- if you go through the elevator, they're going to ask you why, and I'm going to lose my job, he says to me. So he goes, all right, go, go upstairs. So that's why you see in the interview, it's, a, it's, it's an empty. the apartment. apartment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's not mine. It's somebody else's. So so Forbes comes, and they look, we'd like this interview setting, but we want to interview you in your apartment, like in the real setting. So I go, shit. So I go, Ray, hold in that baby because because I got stuff boxed up. So I go downstairs. and I'm trying to make the apartment nice and everything else. But they come in. Boom, boom, boom. So Ray goes, listen, I, could, I can't hold them. They, they want to do the interview now. So I'm like, all right, fine. So go to start doing the interview. And all of a sudden I hear, and I enter the door, right? And I open the door, and it's the marshal. And I go, oh. So I closed the door behind me, and I go, what's up? I go, listen, we, we, we have an order. We, we have to take you out of the apartment now. And I go, dude, listen, I'm doing an interview for Forbes. And he looks at my cauliflower. He looks at me, and he goes, what is it? He goes, you're a wrestler? I go, yeah. He goes, I'm a wrestler, too. He goes, listen, I'll give you a few hours, right? But when I come back, you got to be gone. got to go. go. Yeah, they got to go. So I'm like, all right, fine. When I go back in, I didn't realize that the producer heard what was going on. He goes, tell me the entire story. So it's a bit cathartic because I tell them what's going on, and he goes, All right. So I'm like, oof. But now they want to go to NYU, all to, to the campus in Brooklyn to see the engineering. And I'm and I'm saying to myself, I don't have much time. So the traffic and everything else, so we go to NYU. So we we go inside and we do this whole thing. And now it's about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And now they want to go and see the headgear on an actual use wrestling. So we go to the New York Athletic Club because at the time, you know, because we have practice there on Tuesday and Thursday. So we go there and they bring all this equipment. By the time they're done, it's 830 at night. But Marshall told me that he's going to give me a couple of hours, a couple of hours, meant like maybe one o'clock in the afternoon. So oh, I'm like, shit, what do I do? So I go back home. I got to sneak in the window. I see this big door, this big sign on the door that says evicted. So for like a month, I'm sneaking in and out of the apartment to, to what I'm going to do. <laughs> yes, it was it was a drama, right? So then I finally we get an office space down in uh, 50 Broad Street for a company that I used to work for, a production company. And I'm there. But then this is where the commitment is because I, I could have really hung it up, you know? So I'm trying
0: hey, to. I, I hate to cut you off. We've got to yeah. take a quick commercial. Let's yeah. pick up with this when we come back. All right? We'll yeah. be back in just yeah. a minute, everybody.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: All right, folks, we're back. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. We were just getting a great story from the founder and CEO of Batois, Mario Mercado. I got to ask, so the quote from that Forbes interview, did it come just after the marshal was knocking on the door when you were like... That, I, I, yes, I gave
1: I gave a guess. That's when I said, all right, yes. Oh, yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> oh you series. can't get yeah. any more real yeah. than that.
1: Yeah. So, so, so during this time, by the way, you know, the story's over during this time. So Shane McMahon is is, was, uh, is my student at WWE, but uh-huh. also an investor of Batois, right? But oh, I have to coach him. Shane is 250 pounds. No matter what he says, he's not 210, okay? He's he doesn't look like it. He's <laughs> 250, all right? Now, I'm coaching him so that I can, you know, so to have you know, money so I can survive. But then I'm having to go... And, uh, and, and and work. But the thing is, Shane is, like, it hurts, you know, because Shane is getting ready to go to do his jumping off the cage and all the other crazy shit <laughs> that he does. But, but, but physically, I'm dead, you yeah. know, because I got to go back to work. But, 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 but let me tell you about, about this, because this is why when people see, you know, when you're really doing something and people see it, you attract the, um, really good energy. And mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. And I don't know what's but the number of variables, in fact, is involved in this. But I've been blessed in this way. So I was coaching Shane one time and I'm going through the, all this craziness. And he said to me, and, and I couldn't make work workout. I, I was supposed to practice with him and I, and I couldn't make it because I was tr- trying to figure out financially what the fuck was going to happen. So he said to me, where are you? and said I'm on I said I'm on, 9th, I said, I said, I'm on uh, 6th Avenue and and 9th Street. And he goes, "Stay there. I'll be right there." And he came to me in a taxi and he gave me an envelope and he left. This guy gave me $5,000. It's amazing. It could have been a it could have been a dollar that he gave. But it was the right. point. I never told him, but he knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, but, it's, but the, the point is that it's, the money wasn't important. The important the, the about this is that he knew what I was going through. He didn't ask me because, you know, because it's somewhat tough to, because uh, as an ego, you know, you don't want to embarrass the other person. But he realized that I was doing something for a greater good and that any help would just, just, just him extending his hand. It, you know, it just made things better. And it's yeah. not about money because, you, you know, money is an extension of mm-hmm. how you spend your money is an extension of, of a person's personality, of what their intention is, you know? Um, and, and and that slowly started that because people saw, you know, what I was doing. And then that's why we got accepted into New Lab, you know? So 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 New Lab here is called, you know, it's, it's really considered the... Um, the, the Silicon Valley of the of the of the of the East Coast. I mean, you have some amazing things here. Google Alexa here. Um, part of SpaceX uh, is, is housed here. You have some amazing, amazing startups here. So we got um, invited to to be part of this, but it's because of of things like this. To where, if you if you really stick with it for, for but but the, but of course your 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 company your idea has to be scaled in a way that people see okay fine we get it it's not some it's not just creating some tchotchke that that you can just you know sell make for two bucks right. it's something that that's really contributes to society and that makes an yeah it's, it's really the contribution
0: yeah hundred percent i mean that I was saying earlier in the show like that's what really kept my restaurant alive it wasn't because uh-huh. we have like amazing food <laughs> you know yeah. i mean the food's good but right. um it was because we started to play a much bigger part in, in the community. And we always had, but then we really just focused on it. Like we were getting many requests. And, and that was the turning point. And, and to, your, you know, to your point about, it wasn't about the money that Shane gave you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more so in line with the letters that you've gotten, right? Like you said, you keep a couple on your desk. And I have this similar experiences. Like people just reached out to me during this time period. Uh-huh. And they were just like, thank you. And they didn't even order anything. They were just like, "We wanted to yeah. make sure you're good and just say thank you." And that's yeah. what got me to come in and open the door the next day. It wasn't like because we made so much money the night before. Because sometimes we didn't. <laughs> sometimes we didn't make any. You yeah. know, it it was that that moral support and and that sense of, and I, I think that goes back to what I said at the beginning. You know, whatever that whoever quoted that saying, like, you know, business mortality is more often suicide than homicide because you give up you're just like i can't do it anymore and it's that moral defeat not necessarily the financial defeat because you were there <laughs> you were there yeah, bro yeah, yeah, I, yeah i have yeah. yet to hear a story that bad yet I, 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 I
1: i swear i swear <laughs> you know it it, it it happened that way you know and um but you know in, in the fight community you know you know you're do jujitsu like it's it's a brotherhood in what we do you know you don't like to see other guys you know um uh sink and and henzo Mm -hmm. was even greater to me so henzo is is like a brother i've coached him in the family for many many years Mm -hmm. um and um we're extremely close and even that so even when when things were tight with um with with trying to get product here um you know henzo gave me a hundred thousand dollar check And here he goes. Yeah, he just he said here, just take care of it because I believe in what you do. And the thing about with Henzo is that you know it's crazy with him because, um, there was some craziness going on about Henzo recently. I don't know if probably heard you know Henzo racism. Yeah,
0: of course, of course.
1: Let, Let me explain to you, Henzo. During this COVID situation, Henzo has, and this is no exaggeration, Henzo has literally minimum 25 rents that he pays outside of the, but just for students mm-hmm. that he pays. Now I'm not talking about the guys that work for him, which is another story, right? but just students whose rent that he pays because he knows that they are in trouble. Mm-hmm. This is girl. This is a guy, uh, male, female, um, um, gay, straight, really, a uh, black, white—I've seen them all, and 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 he just does it. And they and they've actually. And how I know this is because some of them had called me even as as last week to say, "Look, um, do you know when the academy is going to be open? Because um, Henzo's still paying our rent, you know, and we feel bad because he's not making right. any money." And I said, "He's paying. He's doing what?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You didn't know this." And they go, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But I but I just to play along because I don't want to I didn't want, you know, make it feel uncomfortable. But it was like, holy shit. You know, so it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, so it's allowed them to continue their own business, actually. Because some of these guys are working from home. Right. But because their rent was paid, it allowed them to continue to work right. from home. So it's like that whole energy is is incestuous, you know. And you tell, you know, it's always the, you the old adage. Um you you can tell a person by, by who their friends are.
4: Yeah. You
0: know? I yeah, I and I didn't I I saw some of this stuff that people were dropping yeah. online about and I'm like looking at who some <laughs> of these people were and I'm like, "Uh-huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know. I you
0: know. ain't you ain't got no job. You got nothing to do." <laughs> 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 you know, and and like I don't I I don't know him. So we've talked online, you know, we've gone yeah. back and forth in some messages and stuff, but I've never met him, yeah. but even prior like everything i ever heard about him was just complete gregarious you know like listening to like matt sarah and people like that talk about him like him rolling up you know matt sarah matt sarah's mom calling him and saying henzo's here <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. craziness man <laughs> yeah you know you can't oh you, just, my God. you gotta just yeah. ignore that stuff and like yeah. for somebody like you who knows him personally it's just like that's that's the validation you know like the rest of these people they there's yeah. haters everywhere. You can't listen know. to that, man. That's crazy. when you got to get the blinders on. And it's just like with your business, you know, with whatever you're doing, you said that in the Forbes yeah. interview and, and I've read yeah. it in some other things. You were like, you know, people told me I couldn't, people told they me,
1: told was, me. my own friends. Fail. Yeah. My own friends told me. So like even what crazy is, so now we're doing a wrestling game to actually go through this because, um, it, it's, it's a whole strategy that, that we're doing, but, 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 but it was so hard to do. Right. Yeah, and I, and I and I said people, ah, oh, you're not going to do it. What the hell? Do you know about gaming? There's a, you know there's a quote um, that, and I, I'm I'm going to bastardize a little bit, but, um, but it's from um, it. um, uh, Andrew Carnegie. Someone asked him, you know, well, you don't know about all this, you know. So what makes you think you can do it? He goes, listen, he goes, I, I can hire people. <laughs> I, I, I I I hire <laughs> <Yeah>. the experts, <laughs> but they don't have the vision that I have. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. And it's true. It's that, you know, you have guys who actually are the engineers, who are, you know, um, the chemists. That's their field. But the visionary is the person that's going to drive it forward to make it happen. And, and, to, and that's where you have that, that team. So, yeah. of course, the the person that mm-hmm. universe, can't do it without the visionary. But once you find that team, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, and they just have to believe in that vision um, that you have.
0: That fuels it. Yep. Cool. We're going to take one more last break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with some other fire here from our friend Mario. We'll be back in just a few, everybody. Stay tuned.
5: Talking alternative radio, 24 hours a day. Are you a curious person, always asking questions?
7: talkingalternative.com
0: everybody last round ding 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 we're gonna make it our best we're back here with mario Mercado. he is the founder and ceo of Batois, among other things dude is super resilient it's too bad this is only an hour mario we could do this we can do this all day <laughs> i'm gonna have to have you come back on i gotta get that joe rogan format where we can do like three no. hours and just
2: just
1: dude, go. we, got, we have uh, so many stories man about that we could talk to you guys yeah yeah I mean, a lot. no we'll do yeah. it
0: again we'll do it again yeah. for sure um, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is oh. not being able to train. When are you going to develop a face mask that has a fucking, <laughs> you know, a, <laughs> well, um, you know, a, a mask on it, so Cuomo will be like, "Oh yeah, no, you're fine. Just buy a sandwich first, and then and then put on your helmet, and then you guys can train." What the fuck? Listen, What's
1: going on? if they haven't made a condom work 100 percent, what do you think they're going to do with the face mask? <laughs> 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 Woo. And that's it.
0: <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. Um, no, 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 no. So actually, so I, I was actually on the phone with the commission before I um, cool. jumped on. So nice. What, what's happened is this, is that unfortunately you don't have many gyms in New York state that are, that uh, are registered with the department of state um, with the, with the athletic commission. If they mm-hmm. did, if they were, they would be easier to open, so like for example, Henzo's is only one of three gyms in New York City that's um, that's uh, uh, registered um, as that's licensed by the department by the uh, athletic mm. commission. It's Henzo's, it's uh, Gleason's. I think the other one might be Mendez. So yeah. the, um, Henzo, I think, is going to open up like soon. But yeah, right. but the but the problem now is really is which people don't realize it's this tort reform. So if you go back to um, the, the, the tobacco industry, when they, when they capped the limit of people getting sued, they did it because it was tort, because they were going to put Philip Morrison's other companies out of business. So they put a cap on p- people suing if they got uh, lung cancer. The same thing, that's what Congress is trying to do, is that if you're training at a gym, what's going to say that a gym owner who gets sued over anything all the time, frivolous lawsuits right. from people, to say, oh, I got COVID, I should sue you. Well, what's going to happen? Their insurance premiums are going to go up. They're going to exactly. have to lawyer up. Then, other, then all of a sudden you go on social media where, where a person says, oh, I got COVID at your gym. Then it's going to shut everything down again. So as great as we love social media, there's an evil because everyone has a voice, but that voice may not be logical um, or vetted. So it's, it's, it's a really it's a big mess. So it's trying to say, okay, fine, what's the best way that we can do to limit the liability of these gyms getting sued? If a person who's broken, listen, let's be real here, okay? People who don't have money, especially who have a, a devious mind, will try to find a way to get money in any way possible. Absolutely. So they'll go and they'll sue someone, you know, to say, I got something just to get quick money so that it gets settled and it's finished. And these gyms, they are not, it's not like an Equinox. So they have these massive uh, machines behind them. Right. You know, they rely on this on their on their students, literally on on the limited amount of students. If a student doesn't pay, well, then it's direct money coming out of the pocket that they can't afford to to compensate. For Henzo's academy, for example, is one of the few that has thousands of students where he can absorb a couple of losses here or there. Mm-hmm. But you have some of these other guys, like like Birdman and some of these other guys, right. where they only have 50 guys, but they they lose 2 and that's a lot you know, if you amortize it over over the course of the of the year yeah so it's 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 a really tough situation and personally from what i've seen because especially cuz these landlords are not going to want to be helpful some of these guys are not being flexible in their rents all. Mm-hmm. i think there's going to be a consolidation and then it'll co- it'll go back out again but it's going right. to be a period of hurt unfortunately yeah
0: yeah and it, it goes back to just survival. You know, like when yeah. you're in that, you're in that, that round yeah. with that, that big dude yeah. and he's just yeah. like putting the pressure on and you're like, you're like I, okay, I just got to find that wiggle room. I just got to yeah. survive. That's like the old Helio Gracie because the dude was yes. small, right? He was yeah. just like, it was about survival. Yeah. It wasn't about coming yeah. in fancy techniques right from the start. He would survive for 30 minutes. When the right. dude was tired, he'd be like, now nah, I'm going to take your back and choke you out.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, so we got to see what kind of technology now can, there is to where it can create opportunity out of this, Mm -hmm. out of this mess. Right. And, and yes, we're going to have to, we're going to have to try to find that way.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right that it's going to be a little bit more of a consolidation. Some, some good people will go, but some bad people will go too. But, but the people that really like stick it out, it's going to be a revival and the pieces will be picked back up and and we'll, we'll see the fruitfulness again, but it's just going to be, Uh yeah. you know, it'll be an interesting exactly. period for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and even
1: on the and even on the event side, so my boy Bakim of mm-hmm. FNT, you gotta really check him out. Um he's oh. doing um the first um uh, MMA fight back in New York. Oh, in wow. the first week, yes. It's it's it going be already done. It's gonna be in October, I think like October third or October thirteenth. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be at the Brooklyn Academy at Hensos. They the, the commission now has given the green light. It's moving forward. Um, Yes, the first one, it's going to be a combination of MMA, Muay Thai, BJJ, um, and possibly even some wrestling uh, and and, and boxing to get the fight community in New York City back in action because even the UFC and even Bellator are leaving New York City alone um, Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future, probably until 2021, just because their machines are so big that that the economics doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, better. right? No, but for these smaller shows here, to where these guys who have these smaller, smaller shows are really the essence and the blood and sweat of of the New York City uh, MMA and combat sports world. This show is going to be, and I'm glad that Henzo is actually going to do it. Uh, it's going to host it. We're trying to get Shane to co-host it with him. We're going to see if that could be possible. Wow. Yeah, with Bakim, with 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 uh, with Matt Projects, it's it's unbelievable. At the Academy, they're going to stream it. And I think Bobby's going to allow the fighters to come in, come on the motorcycles, have an entrance and come in in Brooklyn. This will be the very first Right, because the shop's
0: not far from the the Henzo's Brooklyn location. Exactly. You got North
1: 13th Street coming down to 100 Bayard Street, you know, at the Fight Academy. Yeah, it's going to be hot. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah.
0: very cool. Well, yeah. like you said, you know, it, it's letting it's letting the, the it's like the scrappy guys are coming up now, and yeah. uh, and some of them deserve yeah. it. I mean, we're seeing the same in the food and beverage yeah. industry. You know, a lot of the yeah. big people are leaving; they're yeah. out of here, and little guys are going to hustle and they're going to work hard. Yeah. And yeah. and you know, hopefully, I mean, I, I sure as hell ain't making that money right now. I keep telling right. everybody, twenty twenty is not about making money; it's about building right. brand. <laughs> it's building about building awareness.
1: Yes, yes. And that's Batois, you know, it is overcoming right. any obstacle that you have.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a similar uh, phrase in in Jiu Jitsu or I mean, Japanese, I should say, but it's used in Jiu Jitsu a lot. And, and it, 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 uh, one of the translations is to push and preserve. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the idea. You know, it's just like you have to keep pushing, but you have to preserve yourself, too. So you have to be smart. Yes. You have to be safe. And that's kind of like the ideology behind your company. Right. It's like yeah. safety is, is paramount. Communication, technology, right? Those are like the kind of like your three pillars.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. And it and it trickles down into everything. That's really dope. We got a few minutes left. I want to, I want you to tell people where they can uh, get in touch with you. If they would like to, where they can learn more about you and your company and everything you've got going on. Where, where can people find out about you?
1: So you can go to our website Batois.com, B-A-T-S-T-O-I.com. it's not bats toy I even though it's spell <laughs> the way but Batois um, you, you can check us out on our Facebook page uh, at Batois We're, we're getting our, um, our, our Instagram um, redone so um, and then you can also check us out on, on Twitter Twitter mm-hmm. handle uh, at uh, Batois 01 Check us out there. Come, come down to new lab you know new lab is really driving a lot of innovation. Um, that's going to really contribute to a lot. So, and where is that at? Where's New Lab? At the Brooklyn Navy Yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then also be on the lookout for a wrestling game, vs. Supreme, um, coming out the end of September, beginning of, um, of, uh, of of. Oh, October. really? Like
0: a game game? Like
1: Yes, it is hot. It is the very first wrestling game ever done. Right. And uh, we did the whole mocap. We did everything, you know, at Henzo's, of course. You know, love him to death. We have a number of great wrestlers for, from um, from from Egypt, Iran, Russia. Uh, even Dan Gable participated uh, in the game as well. Whoa! Nice. Yes. Yeah. So Fantastic. so we did. We did a lot for this. Yeah. So it's really cool. We scrapped it up, you know, and it's 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 gonna be hot.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're definitely gonna do this again. This the, I, yep. I, we just scratched the surface. Uh, I know you're you're really you're a dude with a deep bandwidth and, and you've got a lot more to offer and uh, really look forward to see what you've got coming up uh, in the future. So thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. You all have a great weekend. Check in next week. Keep your eye on this guy, Mario. The dude's fire. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see Thanks, you next Shemaya. week. Peace appreciate out. Thank it. you.
2: Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at Are
5: you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.